It's your favorite Dr. Honey, Dr. Faith Abraham, and welcome to the Dr. Faith Show. On this show, we talk about tips, tricks, and secrets that successful people keep under lock and key, but now we're exposing it to gain mastery and get the results and success we know we are meant to have. Let's talk about it. This episode of the Dr. Faith Show is brought to you by Life Mastery Academy. In Life Mastery Academy, you have monthly mentorship and coaching with Dr. Faith Abraham. In the Academy, you will find other ambitious people who not only love the information on the podcast, but they take the information from the podcast, study it, apply it and get the massive mega results in their life and business that they know they were meant to see. Life is all about mastery and in the academy you will get just that. To be a part go to faithabraham.com slash academy. Again that's faithabraham.com slash academy and we'll see you in the academy. What's trauma got to do, got to do with it? What's trauma but a second-hand emotion? What's trauma got to do, got to do with it? Child, who needs trauma? Listen, <laughs> who needs trauma? I don't believe anyone needs trauma, but I do believe that everyone experiences different levels of trauma, different things in their lives that engage our emotions, our mental, and it is processed as trauma. And one of the things I do know about it is especially when we're younger, we don't have a choice as to what we're exposed to, who we're exposed to, where we can go, where we can't go, and all of those things. But as we become older, wiser, more knowledgeable, more exposed to different things, we are able to start making decisions for ourselves to either continue to carry that trauma or offload the trauma or even overcome the trauma and use it as a stepping stone. So let's start off with what exactly is trauma. Trauma is basically a situation, a circumstance, anything that happens to you that overwhelms your sensory. And that is your mental, your emotional, even your physical. When we say overwhelm, it's too much or it's things that you were not prepared for, you can't handle or you didn't ask for. And so based on the type of person you're dealing with or who you are and how you're naturally wired, 
one thing that happens to you could be perceived as trauma for you. But if it happens to someone else, it's just an unfortunate event. It's nothing. It was just something that happened to them. But to you, it was overwhelming. It was very uh, tough on you. You did not like how it felt, the experience, what was happening. And you could have responded various ways. And trauma has various responses, which is fight or flight. Then you also have freeze or fawn. And I'll break those down a little bit more a little bit later. But let me just say this. No one on the planet is made an exception to some type of trauma, which is why I advocate that people should get coaching, counseling, therapy at some point in your life because it is very difficult for you being you to be able to process trauma on your own. For those of us who are believers, we have Holy Spirit who can help us process and work through these things. And even with Holy Spirit, I still advocate a personal person a coach, a counselor, a therapist, someone who is well-versed enough and knowledgeable enough to give you a different perspective, give you a different way of seeing things, give you um, a different way of processing the circumstance or the situation that you found yourself in that you yourself within yourself would not ordinarily think of or see okay and I remember in the last podcast I was talking about the argument within the psychology community of nature versus nurture nature being how you are wired that's your DNA uh, what you got from your parents your chromosomes you know just how you are naturally wired which usually isn't fully seen until you're able to I'm, I'm gonna say about six seven years old that's when you really can start seeing the full personality of a person how they respond to things how they look at things if they're risk takers if they're quiet you know because they haven't had too much happen to them yet to start molding them um so that's nature that's just how you are created wired composed without the molding sculpting effects of circumstances situations and events whereas nurture is how your parents respond to you and your personality, how you're wired, how you're composed, how you express yourself, the things you do and you don't do, even as a child. Um, that could be your parents, your grandparents, your guardians. Um, when you start going to school, uh, if you're uh, naturally a you know a high 
energy person, uh, what we would label as being hyper. Uh, you bounce all over the walls, quote unquote. You have a lot of energy. If I could bottle up that energy, I could get so much done. That kind of person. Well, when you put that kind of person in the traditional school setting, that level of energy is not very welcomed in the school system and so we start saying you're so hyper sit down um you can't focus you're this you're the and then they start getting these labels and these things spoken to them and depending on how you are by nature you'll begin to process that a certain way And I know people like to argue with me on this. And so let me just bring up this argument that, oh, we're just too sensitive and we just take everything personal and it's not that serious and no one really needs that much counseling and coaching. And if you're um, affected by this stuff, then you're just weak and you're this and that and the other. And I will honestly say that when I hear people say that, I can tell that they themselves have been nurtured in a way that invalidated who they were. Period. So they too are showing up in the world and a result, their behavior and them saying all of that and spewing all that out is a result of their nurture. Someone invalidated them. So all they know how to do and what makes sense to them is to invalidate others. That is nature. Or excuse me, that is nurture. Whereas by nature, they may have been very sensitive, Uh, they pick up on things, they're observant, Um, they are very inquisitive, asking questions, but they were shut down so many times that now they they were nurtured in a way to say, oh, well, you're not supposed to ask all those questions and you're supposed to figure it out. And if you show emotion then, or you have emotions, then you are weak and you are a failure and you'll never get anywhere in life. And that's who they become by nurture, but that's not who they were by nature. So even that person that says that needs some therapy, (laughs) some coaching to work through the different things that were said to them, the different thoughts that they've had, and the different ways that they have been instructed or taught to behave or to be. And when we're talking about trauma, we're talking about how you have been sculpted or crafted by the things that you have experienced by the things that you have experienced, by the things that were said to you, by the things that were spoken to you, how people responded to you in certain situations. And understand that even successful people have the residue of trauma on them. Remember, I told you there's different trauma responses. This might be a good time for you to go ahead and grab a pen and pad because I'm about to break this thing all the way down for you. And if you didn't know anything about trauma, you're about to learn it right now. Go. So trauma has different responses. You have fight or flight. You have freeze or fawn. Now these are just some general um, ways that you can kind of look at someone or look at yourself. Let's start with ourselves first, right? Before we start trying to look at other people and change them and fix them, fix yourself. So let's look at ourselves and say, okay, trauma response, flight. Someone who responds to trauma traumatic events, nurture, 
that did not allow them to grow or cult, help them cultivate who they are by nature, if they operate from a trauma response of flight, we would see them express this by being a workaholic. They're overthinkers a lot of times. Um, They're anxious, very anxious or paranoid. A flight response can also show up as OCD. Okay, Um, they have a difficulty sitting still is how it can show up as well. Um, And not because they have a lot of energy, but more so they don't want to be caught off guard. So they're kind of looking around, always wanting to be prepared, always wanting to be ready because the trauma or the um, very uncomfortable situation took them off guard and they don't ever want to be caught off guard again. That's how their mind processed it when they were, when they had that experience. Um, perfectionism. Um, you can see they're a perfectionist. Um, everything has to be perfect. And then what oftentimes happens is they have to be perfect or the work they produce has to be perfect. Um, some people end up striving towards perfectionism, but it stalls them so they don't get much of anything done because it's a becomes a form of self-sabotage. Okay, where this thing has to be perfect, but I can't do anything because it's never going to be right. And so they just don't do anything at all or they do it, but they continuously fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it, fix it. Or they have a hard time. Oh, I've seen this. Um, They have a hard time receiving correction or growing um, as an individual by way of constructive criticism, because when they get that constructive criticism it's like oh i did it wrong i suck i like they just go to an extreme as far as how they perceive themselves and so it's hard for them to get that constructive criticism they need to now become a better version of themselves because then that means and that's proof that they're not perfect so that's also um, how it shows up in flight the next trauma response is fight. And you, you'll see that in anger outbursts or um, in explosive behavior. They have this um, emotional response to everything. And sometimes things don't that don't require that level of response. But what's happening is that trauma is, um, they can be triggered or they're trying to release the emotion behind it through their anger or even rage um, at their explosive behavior. And a lot of times they'll say, well, I didn't know that's how you saw it, or I didn't think it was going to be that much, or I wasn't even angry. Or sometimes they'll say they blacked out when they're doing certain things. Um, Fight response, uh, they can be controlling. They try to control everything. These are like the extensive extreme planners. They don't want to be caught off guard. They don't want to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. They don't want to not know what's ahead of them because that tra- that trauma, that bad experience, you know, 
was something they didn't plan for. And so now to avoid those type of things ever happening to them again, they have to control and plan every single thing. Okay. Um, they can be a bully. Uh, they are very um, bully-ish in their behavior, bully-ish in their verbal communication. And it's a way to protect themselves. So if I show up as strong and powerful, you will not come to me and try that again. Or that type of thing will never happen to me again. That's the process, the thought process. Um, fight response, also narcissistic, very self-absorbed, very uh, into themselves, um, how people can serve them. Um, and that can just be processed in so many ways. And a lot of times narcissists um, become narcissists because they were nurtured by narcissists. Okay. And I know a lot of people say, oh, this person's a narcissist. That person's a narcissist. My ex-husband was a narcissist. Statistically speaking, there's not, the pool of narcissists are um, very, it's very small. However, narcissistic behavior um, shows up a lot in our society and in people. Okay, the next one is freeze. And this trauma response is one that I see a lot within people. And as a coach and a counselor, uh, by the way, I saw a lot. Um, they have difficulty making decisions. They are always looking for other people's input uh, to, the, to the extreme. So they may have something that they think that they should do or how they want to do it, but they need to check in with someone else or they need to um, get some validation or they need to get some confirmation or they need to have someone affirm them so that they can make that decision. And even when they're making the decision or acting on the decision, it's, there's just like so much going on because the last time they made a decision to do this or to do that or go here or go there or say yes or say no, it turned out bad or it led to the trauma. So it just causes them to not want to be decisive because the last time they made a decision, it didn't really work out. So sometimes people respond to it that way. Um, they can be stuck or they always feel stuck. They describe their situation as stuck. Everything is like, you know, they're indecisive or they're just always in limbo. That's usually a trauma response and it becomes their personality. And see, let me just interrupt here and say this is why talking about this is so important because a lot of times we feel like, oh, that's just how I am. That's just my personality. I've always been like this. Okay, ask yourself this question. Were you this way because that's how you naturally are or were you this way after something traumatic happened to you? two totally different things. This is why nature versus nurture is always being argued because it's like, no, um, nature is more powerful than nurture. No, nurture is more powerful than nature. My humble response is both of them are equally important and many people, this is a strong statement and I'm going to make it and I'm not reneging on it ever. Some people that you see that are even in your life, this may even pertain to you specifically. They are not who you think they are. They are a collective of 
trauma responses. So their personality is not even authentic or, or organically them. They are who they are because they are literally, their personality is a trauma response. And they've been doing it for so long. They think that that's them. I see it all the time. Whether it was counseling or what I focus on now, which is coaching and even working with people in business. Because business really requires you. If you're going to do well in business, you really have to know who you are. You have to be really clear on your identity, how people see you, and so that that way you can come across and you can show up and you're authentically you. Most people struggle in business because they think that who they are is truly who they are and it's not. It's a trauma response. Some, oh, I don't want to get into all of this yet. Ah, well, let me say, some people think that they just love people. They like making people happy. They like to see people smile. They like to put a smile on their face. That within itself is a good thing, but there are people who are people pleasers and that is a trauma response because they grew up in an environment, in a nurture. They were nurtured in a way that if they did not learn how to please, their sense of stability, of peace, of well-being was threatened. And so they go over and above, over and above, over and above to please people, even negating and not paying attention to what they personally need. That's a trauma response. Okay, let me go back because we're almost done. I'm in the trauma response of freeze and we... The last one I mentioned was stuck. The other one is disassociation. And this one is when people are able to check out. They may be in a place and they may seem very, very focused and they're not. They have separated themselves from where they are in the moment. And they had to do that during the trauma to preserve themselves. So a lot of these responses serve them especially if the trauma was continuous in the moment, but now they are no longer in the moment, those things no longer happen to them, but yet they have taken on that skill, that self-preservation skill as their personality, as who they think they are. And in this life, let me tell you, the way you're going to really enjoy life is by knowing whose you are, who you are, and what it is that you need and desire. Put a line under that, you're going to need to know what the heck you're here on the earth to do and contribute. But you got to know who you are. And some people would argue, well, I would think that you would need to know who God is. Even your 
understanding or assessment of God and your relationship that you have with him or you don't have with him is based upon how you see yourself and how you were nurtured. So freeze is a trauma response, disassociation. Uh, uh, so you'll see that through disassociation. They'll just check out or not be there, but they're there. They're there physically, but they're not there emotionally. They're there physically, but they're not there mentally. They're there physically, but they're not there spiritually. Or, you know, they are, they can easily take themselves out of a situation. And you're like, don't you have any sentiment? Don't you have any feeling? Don't you have any regard? And they're like, um, not really. Because they learned early on that if I'm going to preserve myself, anything that's highly emotional, in order for me to preserve myself, I need to I need to just separate myself and take myself out of the situation, even though I'm still there. Um, freeze also shows up as people who love to isolate themselves. I know a lot of introverts who love isolation to the extreme. It's it's a bit much. It's a bit much because people need people. We really do. And I'm not negating being an introvert, but even introverts appreciate the presence of people. It may be a few people, select people for a certain amount of time, but they still appreciate people. So people who don't like people at all are, my best friend is a cat. Um, they like to have other objects or other things other than human beings have a lot of importance or relevance to them, that is usually a trauma response. And they can isolate themselves that way. Or it shows up by them being numb. They're just numb to situations. It doesn't matter what's on the news, what's happening around them. If someone passed away, they are they just do not feel anything. They don't feel anything or it's hard for them to feel, okay? This is our last one, trauma response. So we've covered flight, we've covered fight, we've covered freeze, and now fawn. And under fawn is people pleaser. And we just talked about this, so I won't go too much into it. Another one, um, the way that it shows up is having a lack of identity, Having a lack of identity, just not knowing who you are, not knowing what you stand for, not having uh, an opinion. And even, of course, having an opinion, you have to have knowledge in order to create that opinion. But just not having an opinion as to who you are. What do you like? Sometimes we see this in how we dress. You can tell that someone is has um, an eclectic personality through how they dress or how they decorate their home. Um, they are minimalist. They like clean, simple lines, like lots of breathable, breathable space. But someone who is a fawn, they they're not really clear on who they are, or they can become anyone. They can become all things to all people, but not in a evangelistic way. It is, they just become whoever is more impressionable upon them in the moment. And that's very dangerous. And I see that a lot even in business because everything that is new that comes up 
Oh, this person does business this way. I'm going to do it like that. This person does this and this. I'm going to do it like that. That person does it like that. I'm going to do it like that. So there's no identity. There's no, so then there's no foundation. There's no way to grow. There's no way to scale. There's no way to truly brand. It's always constantly changing. And that is a recipe for disaster and obviously an inability to generate profits or to be a solution to anyone. Even though you were born to be a solution. Fawn, another way it comes out is always being overwhelmed. New things are overwhelming. New information is overwhelming. New situations are overwhelming. They were overwhelmed and it comes out all the time. And then sometimes I see some people get overwhelmed and so then they isolate. Some people will will get overwhelmed and so they'll start numbing themselves. And I I said numb and it's, yes, you, you could be numb and not show emotion. But then also too, that's where you see cutting where people cut themselves. So the pain, they're transferring the pain to the cuts. And I've also seen where people will get tattoos so they can, that pain can, can be expressed through the tattooing on their body. Okay. Then the last one in Fawn is being codependent. They're not really able to have, they don't have an identity. So then of course they're, they have to have someone else in their life. They cannot be alone they have to have a boyfriend. They have to have a girlfriend. They have to live with someone. They have. They don't like to spend time by themselves. And usually it's because the trauma continuously comes up, which leads us into another facet, which is called emotional suffering, which is the reliving of past hurts, failures, pains, disappointments over and over again, feeling those hurts, pains, sufferings over and over again, and reliving the past, reliving those emotions, reliving that trauma over again. This is so important for you. And I'm glad that I took the time to record this and give this to you so that you can first of all look at yourself and assess whether or not the personality that you believe that you have, the person that you think that you are, is truly who you are by nature or it's by nurture. And when I say nurture, I'm speaking today specifically about trauma. And understanding that a lot of times your next level in life is going to come from you addressing the trauma. Now, since I've operated as a coach and a counselor, I could tell you that we, we deal with those two things very differently. So in counseling, we'll sit and, um, or I would, past tense, sit and identify the situation or situations or an ongoing uh, thing and begin to help you uh, identify it, process it, accept it, own it. Know that it's just reality. It doesn't mean that that's who you are. It's just what happened. And as an adult who is now knowledgeable and has the dominion, authority, and power to make change, you use that dominion, authority, and power to do so. Um, 
processing it differently, looking at it differently, um, separating you as a person, an individual from the person who exerted that trauma upon you, um, taking the time to say, okay, this is the response that I had and this is not really who I truly am. And then sitting in that and really working, I'm talking about work, work, child, working through that thing. Okay, as that's what I used to do as a counselor. Now, as a coach, if I see it and it comes up in whether we're doing life coaching or we're doing business coaching um, together, especially in business, if I feel like it's crippling you too much, I'm going to refer you to a counselor. But if I feel like you've done the work, it's just that you've been a certain way for so long and so you don't know any other way to show up and you still you know, it's residue, right? You just kind of, that's just your default mode. Then we, I'll, I'm going to point it out to you, honey. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit there and close my eyes to it. I'm going to point it out. I'm going to let you do the work. I'll give you resources. Um, I'll coach you on how to adopt different behaviors. I'll coach you on a different way of thinking about it or processing it so that you can get a different type of result, right? Um, you know, I'll be transparent and share that um, perfectionism was a thing for me. And so I had to learn how to look at it differently. So now I don't expect perfect from myself. I do expect excellence because God is excellent. And so I show up the same way my daddy shows up excellently, okay? And that's what I expect from myself and that's what I do. So that's why you'll see in a lot of my, the things that I create, whether it's YouTube or uh, the podcast or what have you, I don't like to do a lot of editing. What I share is what I share. How I show up is how I show up. It's always going to be excellent, but I'm not going to submit myself and scrutinize myself inwardly so much to where I feel like I have to do it over and over and over again. I have to do it perfect. It has to be right so that whoever, no. No, if you don't like it, that's fine. If you feel like it could be better, don't scrutinize me or be critical about it. Offer me the support. Offer me the help. Give me a suggestion. You see what I'm saying? It's different because it used to be, well, if you're going to be critical to me, you're going to give me criticism, then I'm going to take it personally. And then I have to fix it or I'm overanalyzing it. And mm -mm, I'm not doing that anymore. If you really care, then show you care and offer something. Lead me to somebody. Give me a resource. Refer me to something. You see what I'm saying? So for my perfectionists, you, you got to see it that way and you got to think about it that way. And so even in business, I just show up. I'm just me. Okay. And when you look at me, yes, honey, we are classy and sassy and you're getting me as a healed person. I'm showing up in my business and giving people what they need, giving them what I wish I had and serving them in a way that makes a difference and transforms.
And that's all you can do. There's always going to be people who don't like it. There's always going to be people who are going to be critical. There's always going to be people who have something to say. But I'm not going to live my life in a way where I'm anticipating that and then operating from a place that's not authentic because I'm anticipating someone saying something. And so I'm going to make sure that I'm good. I'm not doing that. Nope. I'm free from that. And you should too. You should get to that place too. It's very vital for where it is that you're going and who you are truly meant to be. So I say, my dear beauty, are you you? The you of nurture, trauma specifically, or the you of nature? Have that conversation with yourself. Bring out your journal. Talk to a trusted person. Ask them, do they think or feel that you show up in life authentically? Or are there certain things that you do? If they love you, they'll tell you. They might be scared to tell you, but they'll tell you. I'm so grateful that I have people in my life who I can honestly ask like, hey, what do you, how do you feel when you listen to something I share or you see a video that I post or when we're in interacting together and we're out and about and I'm talking to people or even just going to the store or ordering my food? You think I'm pretentious? Do you feel like I'm being inauthentic? Do you question how I come across? Ask those questions. If they love you, they will share with you. And it won't be a nasty thing. It will be a self-exploratory, enlightening, beautiful thing. And we all deserve to have people in our life like that. And to have that conversation with ourselves. So that we can truly show up, show out, and do what in the world we came here to do. All right, beauty. Until next time, bye.